Your Show, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the website, or all of the, uh, the website is for free. You just enjoy it. Those other radio talk shows, they want to charge you for accessing their sites, and we do ours free. So uh, head over to freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That's freetalklive.com. Now, last night, I said I had some audio that was pretty outrageous. It's about a cop. It's actually a roadside pullover. Mm -hmm. And there were actually three cops involved and one man. So there was a guy in the car and the three cops, and the cop, for whatever reason believed that the man who they had pulled over had something in his mouth. Okay. And let me give you, give you a little bit of background here, and then we actually have the audio from the police video to play for you. Just to kind of give you an idea of the attitude of some, certain police officers out there. And remember, this wasn't just one lone cop out by himself. He was acting this way in front of other police officers. So, you know, therefore it says to me that... This isn't uh, this sort of behavior on their part isn't unheard of. It's not something they're too afraid to do in front of their coworkers, that sort of thing. The story is from NWI.com. Portage, uh, the Portage Police Merit Board decided Thursday it will consider the departmental charges against Officer Roger A. Peel on June 28th. The board came to the conclusion after spending just more than an hour behind closed doors reviewing evidence collected by the police department. The chairman said, "We don't take this lightly." He declined to comment on the evidence that they had reviewed. Peel, the cop who had been reassigned to a desk job while his case is pending, did not attend. The police chief, uh, Cliff Birch, and his assistant were present for the decision. Peel had been a rising star at the department after leading the county in drunken driving arrests for six years straight. He now faces departmental charges of conduct unbecoming an officer, mistreatment or maltreatment of a prisoner, and unsatisfactory performance. The charge. Now, and what do you think about a cop that um, now I haven't heard this video and I don't know have any idea. But what do you think about a cop that makes a mistake in a, a stop like this? And um, but other than that, he's been great. Well, um, I don't think this is really a mistake. I believe this is how this cop acts all the time. Um, he's very, very um, mean towards his customers, the people he's supposedly protecting and serving. Well, and he's protecting and serving them from themselves so i mean you never know when, when you're a cop you don't know who the good guys are and the bad guys are and that's yeah, tough i understand that um w w we can review that when you actually right. hear the audio the charges stem from two separate incidents with this officer including a february 7th drunken driving arrest in which peel was caught on police video repeatedly threatening to choke driver matthew rivera after the 24 year old initially failed to respond to an order to open his mouth rivera did open his mouth twice but peel appears to grab rivera's neck and he and two others force the man to the ground while a fourth officer threatens to shock him with a taser. Ooh. In the second case, and we don't have video in the second case, but Gary resident Camille Lafoon accused Peel of pulling hair from her head, knocking her to the ground, and beating her, all while the 25-year-old was handcuffed during an April 14th arrest, according to her attorney Barbara Bowling. So, you know, if a cop gets into a scuffle with somebody and there's some hair pulled, then that's understandable if there's a scuffle going on. You know, if somebody starts something with a cop, pushes the cop, or somehow attacks the cop, in that case, by uh, by the way they play, the rules they play by, if force is being used on them, then they can utilize force in order to subdue the force that's being used on them. I uh, would. But I don't know if, uh, you know, I just don't know if it's appropriate to 
knock someone to the ground and pull hair from their head while they're handcuffed. I just don't think you can be too much of a threat while you're handcuffed, especially if you're a 25-year-old uh, lady. Well, I think it's um, clear that uh, in this particular instance that this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the war on drugs. Because if she was a rapist or a murderer or a burglar or something like that, she probably wouldn't be trying to swallow anything. But it's Well, the I don't know about this woman. I don't know what the reason for that was. It's right. the other guy that um, – it was the first case. We're talking actually about two cases here. I see. One's a 24-year-old man. I thought you said Matthew, and then I got confused when you started saying it was a woman. There are two cases. Matthew Rivera is the 24-year-old who um, did not open his mouth, and he actually ended up – he did open his mouth twice, but they still attacked him anyway. Um, and then there's Camille Lafoon, who's a 25-year-old who was handcuffed, and she was beaten and had her hair pulled by this cop. Gotcha. Lafoon was among four people charged after a scuffle in the parking lot of a Denny's restaurant in that town. One man was shot in the groin in that scuffle. Uh, Peel's 28, uh, June 28th hearing, Peel again is the cop, will begin at 5.15, be conducted behind closed doors, which is in keeping with the discretion allowed by state law and a policy decision by the board last year designed to protect the rights of officers. Isn't that nice? Um, all of our cases are, are public, public trials where anybody can go and, and attend, except for the new military tribunals that the, the federal government's doing. But in general, if you have a court case in your local town, it's something that anybody can go to. But apparently if you're a police officer who's facing uh, investigation or facing charges, then you have the lovely um, freedom of not being able to have the public in your court, your courtroom. It's nice. It's convenient. Yeah, nice and private. They do seem to be judged by different standards than we do. And I think that's wrong. And if you think that the police should have a separate set of standards that are, is somehow lower than the average American, as far as um, the average American is punished more harshly than a police officer, if you agree with that sort of mentality, because that's that's pretty much how it is right now in America. If a cop commits a murder, he doesn't get as much time as uh, as a regular person. In fact, in many cases, the cops can get away with murder, as we've discussed here on this show. So, 1-800-259-9231, if you think the cops should have a separate set of standards. I almost do think the cops should have a separate set of standards, except I think their standards should be much higher. I think they should be held to a, a much more difficult penalty, uh, penalty system if they get in trouble for something. Well, we talked yesterday about the Washington, D.C. get-together of cops from around the nation, the National Cop Week, where the cops all from all over the place, come to Washington, D.C. and party for a week. They, mm -hmm. uh, there was video taken of these cops with open containers walking around the streets, driving down the streets, um, blaring their sirens for no reason whatsoever, urinating in public on a church, uh, the front of church property, and in uh, a variety of other just... Doing hoot. kinds of things that would definitely, at the very least, get them harassed by police yeah. if they weren't, in fact, police. A lot of hooting and hollering, that sort of thing. So... If you're going to charge somebody with an open container and not charge the police, that's a double standard that I find um, unacceptable. At the very least, they should have the exact same penalties, but I really think they should have much harsher. Let's go to the audio, though, because just so you have some idea for the mentality of some of these cops that are out there, this is the uh, audio from the case here. I'm not no drug dealer or nothing like that. There's nothing on my mind. Did I ever say you were a drug dealer? No, but that's, that's nothing. Well, talk his son. He's trying to hide now, I, I don't know. Is that appropriate? I don't think it is. I think that if you've got Are a you suspect... Under, is he under arrest? Not sure. I, I don't have all of the context, but if you've got a suspect that's not following your orders, is it appropriate to threaten them? To threaten them with 
choking? Well, if they don't follow your orders, you could say you're going to be arrested. But to choke the man, which is what they went and did after the um, the clip was over here. You can't actually. I mean, obviously, you can't see the video, so I'll tell you what happens. Open your mouth now, or you're gonna be choked out. Open your mouth now, so I can make sure there's nothing in there right now. Don't push me. Now, at that point, the cop had already approached him and had grabbed the man by the neck, Hmm. and that's the cop saying, "Don't push me." But the the cop is on this man, preparing to choke him. What would you do in that case? Right. I think he was just trying to get him off of him well, at that I mean, point. And you would, the only way you would do that is with a push. Right. And, and from the video that I've seen, it doesn't look like the cop really got much of a push. He was a, a big cop, and he's leaning in on the man, beginning to choke him. There's nothing in my mouth. There's nothing. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. At that point, they, uh, all three of the cops took the man to the ground. And cuffed him and presumably arrested him after that. So did they find out if he had anything in his mouth? You know what? Believe it or not, I looked for different stories on this. Uh, I found a couple different stories, and they never revealed whether or not there was anything in the mouth. But you would presume that if there was... That they would have revealed it. They would have mentioned, uh, and he had a bag of heroin in his mouth, you know? So thank goodness they were so mean to this man. But no, it seems as though he did not actually have something in his mouth, and that this was just a cop who's out of control, out of line, threatening to choke... The very person that he's supposed to be serving and protecting. Just more evidence that the cops aren't actually here to serve and protect anybody, but they're just here to do whatever the flip they want to do. 1-800-259-9231. That is the toll-free SACL CAI line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it is the live Saturday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. That includes the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. See what I mean by heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people, they want your money, home and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. 1-800-259-9231. That's the number for Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tom. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that there is a way that our side can win. And okay. I'm not talking about a presidential candidate. Instead of getting half a percent of the vote, getting a whole grand total of 2% of the vote. Okay, mm-hmm. That's where we seem to be right now. Let me explain, first of all, what we can look forward to. We're not talking about one state decriminalizing medicinal use of marijuana. We're talking about all 50 states and the federal government calling off the war on drugs, and releasing all the POWs. We are going to demand... When you say say POWs, you mean nonviolent drug offenders? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the uh, public schools are going to be done away with. All taxes on individuals, since individuals have inherent natural rights or God-given rights, and corporations only have government-given rights, Mm -hmm. all taxes imposed on individuals are going to be done away. This sounds like a wonderful world, Tom. How's this going to happen? 
Well, first let me explain where we are right now. It's okay. 1807, and we are the abolitionists, and we're in South Carolina. And all what of this bag is... What, what year was it? 1807. 1807. Okay. And we're the abolitionists in South Carolina. All and right. all we're getting back is, what are you talking about? Free the slaves? Are you out of your mind? It's ridiculous. But they don't really much mind because they don't really perceive that it's ever going to happen. So they don't really mind the abolitionists, but let their slaves get emancipated. Whoa, boy, are they going to be furious. So you're saying like that you're, you're basically making a comparison to today in that they don't mind us out here talking about our freedom talk, but actually doing something they're going to resist against. Once, once they see that our side can win and is going to, you know, like the song goes, when you see the chance, take it, mm-hmm. uh, then they're going to be furious because our side is actually going to prevail. Well, they're already, you can see how angry and upset they're getting in the coverage that they're, uh, this sort of negative uh, blacklisting coverage that they're giving to Ron Paul, who's the only uh, principled candidate that's in the race, uh, the presidential race so far. They are, you can tell they're, they're pretty, uh, pretty afraid of him. Yeah, but uh, here's the, the thing, okay, now we're talking about uh, calling off the war on drugs, and they, they think that's never going to happen, uh, but... Uh, then when it's actually going to happen, they're, they're going to be furious. Now, okay, one thing that uh, libertarians need to do, or supporters of liberty, they need to do is call up the candidates when they're on call-in talk shows or at the candidates' debates and pose the question this way, do you want to call off the war on drugs now, or do you still want to wait until more cops get themselves killed in action first? Mm. And then listen to the oh, 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 see, putting the blood of slain cops on the hands of the legislators who voted for it. Well, it seems will, to me that that's where it belongs. Yeah, that's an interesting they, tactic, Tom. Yeah, now because uh, they voted for it, and then accusing them of you want to get reelected, so you continue to vote for the war on drugs. You're buying votes with cops' blood, and you're going to continue doing so as long as the cops are stupid enough to continue marching into battle and furnishing it so you can get reelected. Mm. Okay? Now, this will generate for your program when you start uh, taking, like that cop in Puerto Rico who chose to get himself gunned down trying to arrest a drug dealer last week, uh, or that cop in Toledo, Ohio, February 21st, trying to bring in a 15-year-old boy on a curfew violation. The kid fought back like a man to defend himself, and that was all for that cop. You got wow. Put, yeah, you got to put the blood of these slain cops on the hands of the legislators who voted for it. In this case, that would be the Toledo city councilors who voted to impose the curfew, and you will get like about a hundred times as many listeners all of a sudden because that will catch the newspapers. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you if you take that tactic by essentially laying these dead bodies of the cops at the feet of these politicians who created the law, uh, if you t- if you use that tactic with them, they're just going to uh, to ignore it. But if people are watching or listening when you do it, it's going to I think it's going to really have an effect on the audience, and that's what's the most important thing. You don't want to change the politician's mind; that's not critical. What you want to do is show how your position is the uh, the position that will actually help protect the police and uh, and help keep everybody else safe as well. Yeah, and now phase one is you also put the blood of those cops on the hands of the voters who deliberately and maliciously elect such candidates. You didn't pull the trigger, but you pulled the lever. 
If you don't defend liberty with your ballots, don't come whining to us when you watch liberty get defended with bullets. But you're not going to say anything that would inspire anybody to go out and do any of that. See, you're, right. you're just going to put the blood of the slain cops that already did happen on the hands of those voters. And to many of them, that's the, like the most fury, infuriating thing. Let me tell you how some of these people think or what, what they're, they're going through. Just for example, I, I meant to do this before I started explaining phase one, and that is they uh, have this thing in their head that their religion is they, they want to feel like they're superior to these other drug addicts. When I was a member of the New Hampshire House of Representatives, I couldn't help noticing they got this designated room behind the House chamber where they could go to feed their addiction to nicotine mm -hmm. and puff away if they can't make it through the session without another fix. Well, there's and probably a, uh, a soda machine out back, too, where they can get their caffeine fixed, too. Well, they decide what drugs are going to be legal, and they drink alcoholic beverages, and they smoke tobacco, so they decide that those products are going to be legal for themselves, mm -hmm. and they conveniently exempt themselves from prohibition by inflicting it on people born during the past 21 years. And in order to be superior, or to think that they're superior, they manufacture these documents embellished with a fancy-looking seal and some politicians' autographs on it, declaring that people who use alcohol over age 21 and who smoke cigarettes are superior to those criminals who use cocaine. They can see the absurdity in their <laughs> arguments. Okay, Enemies of liberty are not too stupid to see the absurdity of their arguments, that uh, cocaine is worse than alcohol because if you drink alcohol, you can die from it, but if you use cocaine, you could die from it. If you drink <laughs> and drive, you could crash and kill somebody, but if you ingest cocaine and drive, you could crash and kill somebody. That's why cocaine yeah. is so much worse than alcohol. Because they said so. <laughs> they, they have to ignore the flaws in their absurd lines of reasoning because otherwise they would have no lines of reasoning to support their absurd position. You got it, so, Tom. Hey, give us uh, phase two tomorrow, if you don't mind. We appreciate hearing you're from you. You're not on tomorrow. You're yes, not on tomorrow. Yes, we are. Memorial Sunday? Day. We, oh, excuse me, Monday. Excuse me. Thank uh -huh, you for the call, Tom. Gotcha. We appreciate it. Memorial Day, we will be doing a live show. So if you don't get us on the radio, then you should listen live online, freetalklive.com, because uh, we will be here doing programming for you. Hour number, uh, wait a minute, what have I talked about? More Free Talk Live's on the way. Your call's about anything. This is your show. You take control, 800-259-9231. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, the live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. And you can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. 
or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. To the phones, to the fun. Let's go to Bob, listening in either Petoskey uh, or Traverse City, Michigan, on WJML. Hello, Bob. Yes, sir. I'd like to speak. I refer to the previous caller and uh, legislators' ideas concerning uh, the rashes that are hurting our country. Okay. And uh, thus the individuals that have made this country, it seems to me that there's only one cop I know that was a straightforward, honest young man. And when he had his 20 years and he got out of it, he said he thought it was worse than uh, whatever it could be. Really? And uh, that yeah, that told me what I, I thought I knew when I was a 20-year-old young man and I had a certain uh, law enforcement officer uh, literally just tear my life down, and any time I was out of it, out of, uh, in other words, out of the grasp of his clutches on a probation or or two miles over the speeding limit or you drifted left of the yellow line, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, you know, almighty God has spoken, and when the judge says pay me $300 or do three days in jail or a week in jail, uh, I rebelliously spoke and said, well, I'll take the jail time. And I would like you to know that there was one time when uh, they thought that they saw me driving and actually broke into the house that I was in, broke into the bathroom, and I put my fists in the sink they could not get the cuffs on me. So when this whole thing came to court, it was a jury trial, and uh, the jury found me not guilty. Hmm. But the judge found me guilty of disturbing the peace. They well, wanted to sock. They always me have that assault. one. Yeah, they always want. They wanted to sock me with assault and battery on a police officer. Okay. And you're saying the cops were targeting you for whatever reason. Well, yes, sir, and I could tell you the reason, but I'm not. I like my anonymity here now, and uh, uh, but uh, I was in I was in a public uh, type of entertainment business with my motorcycle, and uh, you know. But anyway, to make a long story short, the judge gave me 90 days for disturbing the peace, which I believe has got to be a record anywhere. I challenge anybody for one crime. (laughs) The judge says. We'll have you back next week for sentencing. What okay. uh, What was it that they alleged that was the disturbing the peace part? Well, they 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 just they they, they said it was uh, either talking loud or yelling. <laughs> okay, the difference between talking loud and yelling, and there were several uh, witnesses that all corroborated my story about the fact that I did not hit or swing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, violence is a tool of the ignorant. That's you, one thing I'd like. I'd like that gentleman that spoke earlier, the representative from the Northeast, mm-hmm. to, to keep that in mind, that we have to outthink and play well ahead of our opponents, even though they may be well, much more well-financed, and they may be much more uh, watching us, 
We have to act and play like we know that's going on. Yeah, and absolutely. Violence, uh, using violence against the state is just going to get you um, violence used back against you. I mean, violence begets violence. It's a it's a vicious cycle, and certainly uh, we don't uh, recommend it, and I don't think our last caller was recommending it um, either. Um, but nonetheless, man, I'm sorry to hear about your story. Was this in the area in Michigan where you are currently, or was this somewhere else in the country? Yeah, it was in this area where I'm living currently. And, and how long ago was this? Bob. Well, this was in like nineteen uh, in the um, middle seventies. Okay. And uh, yeah, the mid seventies. That would be safe. The Did interesting you feel part like... is yeah. that I drove a truck, a semi, over the road for a uh, for a company, and uh, had virtually no trouble anywhere else in the world. Amazing. Did you feel as though that these police were protecting you, Bob? No. Hmm. Absolutely not. Funny how that is. Isn't, they, it, isn't it ironic that the uh, the people that are supposedly protecting and serving are actually the ones that are putting us in jeopardy? Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the cycle CAI toll-free line. Well, a little phone blip there. 1-800-259-9231. You know, we uh, were talking briefly, I guess, uh, Tom, the, the earlier caller, had mentioned marijuana and uh, marijuana prohibition and all that. And I was doing a little bit of uh, looking through my emails here, and someone sent me an excerpt of a Ron Paul interview where he's not talking about his usual issues. And, you know, he's got certain um, issues that he has in his campaign. Now, this is uh, United States uh, representative um, presidential candidate Ron Paul. Thank you. I'm glad you always reset me on that because I guess I keep presuming everybody knows who he is when, in fact, they may not. Yeah, people probably haven't heard of um, it. The possibility is that somebody out there hasn't heard of Ron Paul for president yet, and I kind of like him. I think he's he's the one that I'm going to vote for. He's great. Uh, Ron Paul, in case you don't know, yes, he is a, what is it, nine-term representative, I believe? He's been there a long time. And uh, he is a Republican but that doesn't mean he's like all the other Republicans that you're used to hearing. You know, the ones that are neocons, so-called, the ones that are warmongers, and they're always looking for bigger and bigger government. This guy actually is a small government dude. In fact, they call him Dr. No in Congress. And the reason for that is because he votes no on virtually everything that's put in front of him. Because, Anything that's not constitutional. Right, because virtually everything they do in uh, Washington, D.C. is unconstitutional. Yeah, they've stopped that constitutional stuff a long time ago. So Ron Paul um, is running for uh, he's campaigning for president right now. If you saw the uh, the presidential debate so far, then you have seen Ron Paul, and it's likely that you remember him because he made quite a uh, quite a stir in the last debate when he brought up foreign policy and how it is that the United States foreign policy is a major contributor to this whole terrorism thing. But the foreign policy and the Federal Reserve and and taxes and size of government in general seem to be his his main campaign issues. And, you know, he hasn't really been coming out and talking about legalizing marijuana and that sort of thing. But he's on that side, too. He's for um, total, he's for personal liberties. He wants to get the government out of your bedroom and wants to get it out of your, you know, your living room and, uh, and, and let you make decisions for yourself as to what you put in your own body. And, man, a, a candidate that's both good on economic freedom and good on personal freedom, it's very rare to find a candidate like that. So one of our listeners has dug up an interview with uh, some, I don't know if it's a magazine or website, but it's called Reefer Madness. That's the, uh, the people that he interviewed with, and it was uh, recently, it was apparently this month. And so I'm going to share this interview with you, Reefer Madness uh, with Ron Paul. So there, uh, Reefer Madness says, great to talk with you. I know you're especially busy these days, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about industrial hemp. You're the only one who has been repeatedly bringing this up. 
that we need to reauthorize industrial hemp farming. And Ron says, well, isn't that amazing that most people don't know about hemp? The magazine says, well, I look at it as a real testament to the power of government propaganda. And Ron replies, yeah, there you go. I think you're right about the propaganda. And it's also true, the prevailing education in this country, that we're taught things that are not true. I approach it in a different way, not as a hemp issue. To me, it's a freedom issue. It's not a drug issue. It's a personal choice, and it's about the economics of a voluntary exchange that the government is interfering with arbitrarily. Their interference is a detriment, and we're talking about a totally peaceful thing. It's not negative, and it does so much. We complain about the balance of trade, and here's a product that can be used for lots of things, and out of ignorance, we go out of, uh, out of our way to clamp down on it. This could be something to help the economy. Any kind of problem that we deal with, if there's no violence and no harm done, then it should be left to the people to decide. And there's more. Ron Paul on hemp and marijuana coming up here, 800-259-9231. I think you're going to like what you're going to hear. This is your show, and you can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Full free number, 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a a percentage of anything that you purchase. So go in through amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done in their 40 categories of products, get the products delivered right to your door, and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. By the way, I uh, forgot at the beginning of the hour to welcome one of our two new affiliates, WLKF1430 in Lakeland, Florida. LKF. Yeah, just east east of the Tampa Bay area. I guess is Lakeland technically Tampa Bay? I'm not sure. No, it's not. Okay. A little more central Florida? No, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's on the corridor between Tampa and Orlando. It's on I-4. So welcome aboard, WLKF listeners. You guys are going to be getting Free Talk Live there every Saturday night from 7 to 10, so uh, we're glad that you're on. You're going you're gonna to notice that Free Talk Live isn't quite like the rest of the programming on your station in that we aren't one of those cookie-cutter conservative talk shows. I'm you've not heard, saying You've never heard anything like this show, I can assure you. I'm not saying there's nothing like this show. I'm not saying that's what all of their programming is like, but that seems to be what most talk radio is like we take a uh, we allow anybody to call in about anything and you'll find that we take a, a pro liberty position on things and that doesn't necessarily mean right or left i'm not even really sure what right or left really even is anymore so this is free talk live and welcome to the show 800-259-9231 feel free to pick up your phones and test out our our policy yes you'll find out that it's really true you can bring up anything from a personal issue to a, a political issue or something in between maybe even hamburgers whatever we'll talk about it uh we're, we're, right now we're in the middle of the issue of marijuana legalization and talking about one of the very few presidential candidates that actually supports a a positive direction, a positive change in the marijuana laws, that is getting rid of them, getting the government out of the war on drugs. And I believe there's one of the Democrats that takes this position as well. Mike, is it Mike Gravel? That's uh, that's my understanding. I believe he's he's uh, pro legalization on marijuana, at least. Anyway, so we're talking about hemp. Uh, Ron Paul, who is a nine-term congressperson, he is running for president. And his website, by the way, is ronpaul2008.com, in case you want to learn a little bit more about him. But he's in the midst of an interview here with Reefer Madness. And I'm just going to go back and forth here between the uh, interviewee and uh, interviewer here. 
So it's uh, the the magazine says I agree. And in North Dakota, we've been trying for they've been trying for years to add hemp to their crop rotation. They're a very agrarian state, and they have great knowledge about agriculture, and they want hemp. And yet they come up against a federal agency, the DEA, which has no agricultural expertise. And Ron Paul responds, that's another good point, where the federal government has made the problem more complicated and complicated artificially than if you're dealing with smaller state governments. The monolithic federal government makes mistakes. So North Dakota suffers and no one else. And this is a huge problem that, uh, that we see over and over again. When a, when a state decides by whatever means, whether it be their legislators or the voters themselves, in the case of, for instance, California, over a decade ago, passing Proposition 215, when a, the state decides that they want to make a make a law that allows for marijuana possession or or medical marijuana or hemp a hemp bill, then the DEA always steps in and says, ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, oh no you don't, you you can't do this. What do you think? You're in a free country? What do you think? You can make your own decisions for yourself? No no no. And then they come in, and then they kick in people's doors, and they take marijuana, and they take a bunch of cash. and Or in the case of uh, North Dakota, they just won't allow them to grow the crops that they want to grow. Now, I don't know about um, – I'm not sure what the GDP is up in North Dakota. I'm not sure how great the economy is there. but There's not very many people, so you can imagine yeah. that they're probably not producing uh, – they're probably not the most productive state out there. It My would, understanding is that's California. Right. It would seem to me that um, – the North Dakotans should have every single thing at their uh, in their repertoire that they could possibly have to do business with. And one of those things or products would be hemp. Because, as Ron Paul pointed out earlier, it, it really can be used for a lot of things. Everything from making paper to, uh, to rope to... You can eat it. Yeah, you can eat the stuff. I mean, you can make all kinds of things. Shampoos. Uh, there's, there's thousands of products that can be made from, from hemp. And it can be grown cheaply. It's, it's affordable. It's not as uh, it doesn't take as long to grow because it's a weed like, you know, unlike trees, which take forever. You know, uh, so we would solve just just the concern that people have about uh, paper could be solved with hemp. Right. And that's just one issue. Mm -hmm. So yet again, the DEA steps in the way and, and refuses to allow the market to operate, refuses to allow states to make decisions for themselves. Now, I'm no fan of state governments, but I'd certainly rather have a state government over a federal government. How about you? 800-259-9231. So Reefer Madness uh, says, well, that's a very libertarian approach, and you've consistently applied that approach to this issue. And Ron replies, well, I can make the same argument about medical marijuana. This is personal choice. And that's what I liked about how he addressed the issue earlier. When they brought, him up, uh, they brought up the hemp issue, he immediately changed it from a hemp issue, like that sort of niche, just talking about hemp. Mm -hmm. He changed it to freedom. He took it to the ultimate end the the real issue which is what all issues are really about when you boil them down the liberty to decide for yourself either you know what sort of business you can do on a voluntary basis with other people for instance selling drugs or selling sexual services in the case of prostitution selling gambling services just to name a few uh, prohibited sales oh we can only trust the states to do the uh, gambling <laughs> they're the only ones that would be fair enough one in 14 million chance so that's what it comes down to. It's, you know, your economic freedom as far as doing business or your personal freedom as far as what you can do to yourself. Some places are some places in this country don't allow you to buy alcohol on Sundays or or get tattoos. I mean, it's crazy. Some places won't let you paint the outside of your house pink. 
the mag- uh, the uh, interviewer says, it just seems so illogical. And Ron says, well, don't try to ascribe logic to politicians. And the interviewer, you're now running for president. Do you think you'll make this issue of industrial hemp part of your campaign? And Ron replies that on Tuesday, Fox is running the debates. This is a couple weeks old. And that will be a bigger challenge to me. There are these Republicans who will say, let's embarrass Ron Paul because he's got all these crazy libertarian views. But I wouldn't be surprised if a drug war question comes up. And if a question comes up, I can very easily get into the insanity of letting a cancer patient die without allowing them access to medical marijuana and into the insanity of abolishing the right to grow hemp, an industrial product. And you know what? I hope it does come up in uh, the next debate because it has yet to go there. I mean, they've been talking about foreign policy and the terrorism and maybe what do they touch on health care? I think maybe once. I'm not even sure about that. Well, it's, they're certainly talking about uh, the war in Iraq. It's been deal. pretty much the war and terrorism. It's what the, uh, the the debates have been centered around. They brought up 9-11, too. And so I'm looking forward to it. They're going to bring it there, and Ron Paul is going to take the pro-freedom position, and they may even try to corner him on the entire war on drugs, and in which case I hope that he, he, uh, he sticks to his guns and he takes the pro-freedom position there because it's easy to defend marijuana. It's easy to get on stage and talk about legalizing hemp and legalizing marijuana, but to get on stage and and actually advocate the return to individual liberty, to where everyone can decide for themselves what they put in their bodies without having the government threaten them with arrest, that will be interesting to watch. And it and it would certainly be interesting to see how the other politicians respond to it. You know, it seems to me that uh, it, you know when it comes to using drugs or using alcohol you're talking about doing things to your own body i don't understand why the government wants to get involved in that i mean if you do something to harm someone else there's a crime involved and then people need to be punished for that but if you're just doing it to yourself that's not the government's business well of course uh the drug warriors will say you're hurting your family when you take drugs well then then aren't i hurting my family when i drink alcohol why is that legal Hmm. that's a great point if you can answer that question, 800-259-9231. So finally, uh, skipping ahead in this uh, this article, the final question was, do your colleagues even understand what hemp is? And Ron says, well, some of them know, but they say it's too confusing, and they don't want their support for hemp to be construed as being soft on drugs, and they don't want to be put, uh, they don't want to put in the effort, and so it's easier for them to just vote no. These are the same people that then lash off, they get a break, and then they go and have their six-pack. I mean, who could very well spoken, great answers from this guy, and and he's not afraid to take a shot at the other guys either. You know, basically, oh, okay, you're a hypocrite, so you'll go and drink your six pack of beer, but actually take a, a principled stand on on personal freedoms. That's too it's too confusing. Was it too confusing for Americans to explain to them what hemp is? Is it is it really that confusing? I don't think Americans. I think most Americans know the difference between hemp and marijuana. You think so? I, I wonder think they about do. that. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I don't think it's too hard to explain. I mean, gosh, if you can get on stage and talk about health care and all these other complicated issues, then how hard could it be to explain, you know, the marijuana plant or the cannabis, you know, the cannabis sativa plant and how it works and. You know, how there's a male and there's a female, and, and it really it doesn't even matter, because Ron Paul's not going to bother to try to explain what hemp is. He's going to take the personal freedom position and say, look, it doesn't matter. Mar- okay, yeah, I support hemp industrialization, I support hemp legalization, but I also support medical marijuana legalization, and heck, plain old marijuana legalization, and ending the entire war on drugs. Heck, I support abolishing the DEA. 
You know, one point we haven't brought up as far, as far as the war on drug go, war on drugs go, is the danger that it puts every man, woman, and child in America in every single day. The fact that uh, these drugs are illegal, well, that that's the reason that uh, people, you know, the, the uh, it drives up the price of things like cocaine and heroin. Well. Because it costs so much, people who are addicted to cocaine and heroin, they're willing to slit my throat in order to get the $20 or whatever in my it's pocket. It's true. We're coming back with hour number two. You can take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into hour number two of the live Saturday edition. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, so enjoy those on us. freetalklive.com. Roll right into the phone calls. It's Tony in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Tony. How you doing, guys? Great. What's on your mind? Um, well, I had the opportunity to discuss the constitutional basis for our insane drug policy. Because if, if you read in the body of the Constitution, clearly there's no authority for it, and the Tenth Amendment pretty succinctly would seem to forbid it. Absolutely. And by and, the way, for those that don't know, the Tenth Amendment uh, basically says that anything that's not outlined in the Constitution is the purview of the states or the people. Right. If you're not given this power, you don't have it, government, is what it says, basically. Sure, and it's been completely and, ignored. Well, I, I found out how that is done legally, and this, these are the way, and this is how we must attack it if we're, gonna, if we're ever going to prevail and having it undone. I was at a barbecue with Stan Solomon, who's a pretty well-known in this area, last year. He's a libertarian himself. And I was asking him, how in the world do they justify these laws? I mean, it's not there. And it is in the wording of the preamble that they have been justified in federal court to ensure the domestic tranquility, to promote the general welfare. That is the wording that is the basis for all of these crazy laws. How? And, if, and we, gotta, we have got to approach it from that angle with smart lawyers if we're ever going to defeat them in court on these laws. So it's the general welfare clause, which is like this open book that they can just use to, uh, to create whatever sorts of government programs that they claim will help the general welfare. That's what you're saying. I would say that. That's how it's been done, yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's not. It does not help my welfare if somebody, uh, if a cop <laughs> kicks in my door and uh, throws me into a jail cell because I'm smoking a joint. I, all all nonviolent pot offenders should be out of jail. It's nuts. It's silly for marijuana to be illegal at all, much less considering that we know it has tremendous analgesic and appetite stimulant qualities for people on therapy and that kind of thing. That's just crazy. It really yeah, is I mean, crazy when you get a when you get to corner a politician and ask them about medical marijuana and yeah, and listen to them much. try to sleaze their way out of it and and uh, actually come right out and say they don't care about sick sick people. This violence. So you may recall, um, I gather you're no great fans of President Bush at this point. I'm no great fan was, of any president. Uh, yeah, amen. There's a very few we can be fans of. Um, when he was running in the 2000 campaign, he mentioned decriminalizing marijuana. Did he? Before everything went, yes, he did. That's before everything went on where he became, before we got into the war and everything else going on. And, and I disagree with you on foreign policy, I must admit, because I, I do believe that we are in a war with people that seek to kill us for no logical reason I can explain. Some people believe that. 
I'm not well, sure. Why they do? I do. Why <laughs> they, I keep, they've convinced me. They keep saying it. They keep trying to do it. So. Well, okay. Just because the government says something over and over again doesn't mean it's true. That just means they're shoving well, propaganda down your throat. Well, no, no. I'm listening to the actual Islamo guys themselves saying they want to kill us. Uh, and watch yeah. them go ahead and try to do it. So, and I've actually I'll, I'll listened to it, too. And, in fact, we read a couple weeks ago a quote from Osama bin Laden. And, by the way, he said it over and over again for, like, a decade or so. Um, he's basically made it very clear that the reason why uh, they would like to kill some Americans is because of what the government, the United States government, has done in the name of so-called freedom, going over there, invading other countries, and messing with, uh, with meddling around with the CIA and other things like that. And I mean, doesn't that just make doesn't that make sense to you that that's the reason why they're angry is because we've got our military over there? Why were they angry at us in 1967? Well, let's go back to the 50s when uh, the United States installed the Shah. A, I can go back 100 years on our meddling in the Middle East, if you'd like. Okay, well, I, I see it this way. They would, their entire economic welfare depends on the fact that we went there in the 1800s, discovered oil, and found a use for it. You know, I don't they think, all, they I, I don't think they're going to see that any else. more than the Indians might see that us coming over here and taking their gold and then slaughtering them really has anything to do with um, their economic welfare either. All, well, the only economic welfare that you, that we've supplied them over there is um, a, a basic wealth, welfare system, a dole system for the normal people, and then we've made a few very influential people very, very wealthy. Didn't make them wealthy. They took money that was intended for their people for themselves. And we Yasser, and, Yasser and, and we support them. An excellent example. And can you imagine we support them? That's why the Arabs are so angry. Well, wait a minute. The Arabs were angry long. The Arabs were Let angry, them be in the, angry in the 11th themselves. century. Okay. They're not. They weren't angry at us before. I mean, we we weren't there. What were, What were the Arabs doing in the 11th century? I, well, well I, they haven't done much up, since then. They made them march into Europe and kill everybody. No. No, and they haven't done anything to us since then. It's the meddling in their in their affairs ah. for the last hundred years that's stirred them up. And besides, you can't well, you can't have it both ways, Tony. I mean, you're all for personal right. you're you're all for personal freedom as far <laughs> as as far as marijuana is concerned, and maybe other yeah. drugs. But at the same time, you're not for the personal freedom of people being able to keep the keep the money they earned and spend it, save it, and give it away in the ways they think are best. What are you talking about? What did I say anything about taxes? Well, well, what do you think about taxes? Taxes then? are the only thing that's going to support the war machine. That well, uh, we, we have to have a certain amount of taxes, and we have to have a strong and we have military. to spend them on and we have to spend them on your military, right? Well, well, wait a minute. Now, I, I, at one time, I thought as you thought, and I believe that I probably have a few more laps around the racetrack than either you two ponies. I uh, well, and, that's that's not fair. Well, to, to uh, no, use it the is age fair argument. When you I'm get, old yes, enough. Age, I'm age older than Jesus was when he died on the cross, and I'm old enough to be president. Isn't that good enough for you? That's good enough. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm just saying that we tr- we had the world is not a place where if we just all of a sudden make nice, everyone's going to be nice to us. That's that fine. Is okay, plan- that is not the planet we live on now. Okay, Tony, well, that's okay. It would okay. be nice if it was. I, I understand that. I mean, there was somebody who was stabbed out here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire, where we lived the la- last week, and I know that I just can't walk down the street and expect to to, uh, to be unmolested. I realize there are people out there who are willing to do damage to me for whatever the reasons are, but, but I understand, and I would hope that you'll come back to understanding this, is that I understand the government isn't going to protect me for all their talk and all their billions of dollars that they spend on their tanks and their bombs and that sort of thing. That's not going to keep me 
me safe. What's going to keep me safe are my actions. And that means, you know, carrying a, uh, a gun if I feel that's necessary or learning self-defense and that sort of thing. It's, it's my responsibility to keep well, me safe. I don't expect the bureaucrats to do that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're apples and oranges in me here, okay? You're <laughs> talking that? about You're talking about protecting yourself personally from a criminal per se. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong purveyor of the Second Amendment. I don't care if you had the finest firearm ever made. If you were standing in the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, you would not have been able to defend yourself. You would right. have been killed, and these people killed us. And you, you, can, you can accept what other justification they offer. I don't. And I, just I don't accept any justification. I, well, let's rewind well, a little Adolf, bit here. Adolf Hitler had his reasons, too. Let's, let's rewind read, a little bit here, Mein Tony? Have you ever read Mein Kampf? No, I have not. Like, I, mean, um, well, I try not well, to read should, the uh, writings of Mad Men. Uh, now, uh, hang well, on a wait, second, Wait, wait a minute. Now, come on. Are you really that narrow-minded? What? Have you read The Social Contract or The Communist Manifesto? No, heck no. Why would you I want to read, read that? You read all of them. Why? Because they're all, because they're all very important documents that have a tremendous influence on our lives politically. For That's all right. I, I like reading but, things that are positive about liberty and freedom and that sort of thing. I, I don't need any same. more communist it's propaganda. I went to government school. Now, Tony, what well, no, 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 you can get your point in a moment, but let's rewind a little bit here. You said my gun wouldn't protect me if I were standing in the uh, the towers on September 11th, and about that, you're correct. But rewind a couple of hours to the the point at which the uh, or a few minutes, I guess, to the point at which the planes were hijacked. Now, if I were able to have my gun and I were sitting on that, on that plane, plane, wouldn't yeah, that have changed the situation? <laughs> So preaching to the choir in that regard. All right, so then let's get I mean, back I'm, to liberty and freedom and let Americans okay. protect, uh, protect Americans well, and stop am, relying on I've the been, government. I've been a registered libertarian for 25 years. I went through all the, all the tumult of the 80s with them and everything, and I just disagree with them in foreign policy. The reason is I accept we have enemies. Now, I don't in, have enemies. No, no, no. The U.S. government do. has enemies. I don't have no, enemies no, personally. Want, no, no, no. They, don't want, they want to kill us, too. And, and until you accept that, I mean... It's just like the, the boy, the Sikh boy, who just had his hair cut mm-hmm. up in, in, in Queens. You know, and the media is doing all they can do to keep from saying that that was Muslims that did that to him. Those are Muslim kids that did that to him. And they knew that that was the greatest blasphemy they could do to that child in his religion was to cut his hair. Well, you know, That's from what, what Osama bin Laden says, he makes it very clear that as soon as the United you don't, States... You don't, accept the, you don't accept the thoughts of madmen, remember? You as soon as... <laughs> as I think Osama bin Laden is actually pretty... Uh, he's pretty coherent. Well, he, uh, okay. so Adolf to... Hitler is very coherent, too, believe me. I think that you can draw lots of parallels, Ian. Thanks for the Osama call, Tony. We appreciate okay. it. 800-259-9231. Osama bin Laden makes it very clear that as soon as America pulls out, that'll be the first step towards actually getting things back to normal. As far as no more terrorism, no more death, no more unnecessary. I don't death. know if I agree with him, but I would like to get us out of all 131 nations. We're I'm in. tired of paying for it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> Saturday edition, you take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You can join us all the way, always online at freetalklive.com. Available 24-7. we got all kinds of neat stuff, and that does include the bulletin board system. Over 235,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting. A lot of fun, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed on our website. The BBS is available to you directly at bbs.freetalklive.com, and it's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You know, we just got off the phone with Tony in Indianapolis, and I just don't understand, you know, how is it that you can become a libertarian? As Tony said that he currently is, how is it you can become a libertarian 
understand liberty, understand the, the concept behind libertarianism, which is simple. It basically says when you join the Libertarian Party, for instance, and by the way, you don't have to be a Libertarian Party member to be a Libertarian. But um, when you join the Libertarian Party, you sign a statement that says, I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. And so Tony gets it when it comes to the war on drugs, and he gets it when it comes to personal freedom, but yet he wants a pass. He wants to give government a pass when it comes to uh, foreign policy and having a big military. I'm not going uh, to question someone's libertarian uh, credentials based on uh, what they think about the... Oh, of course you can't, because yours are questionable. <laughs> 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 well, uh, no, I, I disagree with that, too. I, I have very libertarian <laughs> principles. You, on the other hand, are not a libertarian. You are a step beyond that. I am a libertarian free marketeer. Free marketeer, right. That's yes. what you are. Yes. You don't believe in any people. government at all. Libertarians believe in limited government. Limited government libertarians believe in limited government. <laughs> all you can government. do is talk to him about the issue. I don't think you should question his credentials. Yeah. Well, the, and the issue is the same issue. The issue is the freedom to keep the money you earn and spend it how you want. And when I phrased it in that way, he, of course, agreed. Because that sounds good. That's what liberty-oriented people are all about is, I did the work. It's my money. Let me decide who to give it to. Let me decide how to save it or how to spend it. And if I want to spend that money on some sort of warmongering effort going over and blowing up other people's countries, then I should be free to make that decision on my own. I don't appreciate that decision being made for me. 1-800-259-9231. You can comment on that or bring up whatever's on your mind as we go to Lou in Deerfield Beach listening on WFTL. Hey, Lou. Yes, uh, getting back to drug issue, the, the drug issue. Yes, sir. You guys, as good libertarians, you believe in the legalization of cocaine and heroin, don't you? That's correct. The re-legalization. Re-legalization. I mean, we, they, they've been, um, they were legal in this country far longer than they've been illegal, Lou. So basically, anyone, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, anyone could take any drug that they want. Well, they well, can take them currently today. Currently, they, they can and do, and they could drink liquid Drano completely legally if they wanted to. Okay, at least you're consistent. Absolutely. But I'd like to get to one other issue. Sure. You know, there's a lot of contamination coming into the country from China. Contamination. Like you heard about what happened with the food products, the, uh, some of the contamination. Contaminated gluten, of, right. Yeah, and toothpaste also. Mm. Now, who exactly is going to be checking those products coming in from China when who, we do away with the FDA? Who found the contamination in the first place? I really don't know. Okay. Well, um, the person, the individuals who would check the products would be the uh, the reps from the companies that sell those products. In many ways, uh, the the FDA isn't necessarily what keeps you safe. In many ways, it's Walmart and your local grocery store companies and these other um, you know distributors, Home Depot. The the uh, the companies that sell you the products have certain levels of standards by which they um, they judge. Um, each vendor buy as far as and what they're you, and offering. You don't think, and you don't think that these companies have their self-interest at heart before your health? Of course they well have their self-interest at heart. And their self-interest is to keep their customers healthy so they can keep coming back and buying more products. Which makes more sense, gonna... Lou, killing your customers or helping them stay alive and longer? you don't think they're willing to take, you know, to lose 1% or 2% of their customers and cover up the, uh, the fact that people are being harmed by some of these products? coming in from China? I think, they, I think that they would, and I think that the court system should be in, implemented to punish a company that does something like that. You're Mark, right? You're Mark? Yes, sir. You're the sane one of the two. That, uh, saner. <laughs> saner, Lou. <laughs> the saner as opposed to the, uh, you know, the extreme. Like, he's not even a libertarian. The guy There's nothing is like, extreme about my position on the FDA, uh, the FDA, and that is to abolish it completely. And I think Mark would agree that the FDA should be absolutely abolished. I do. I, I think the FDA kills far more people than it saves. 
uh, what about, you know, uh, we're going to do away with the FDA, and yes, you're willing please. to take the risk of, of like, three, 4,000 people getting hurt by toothpaste? or by the gluten, you're willing to take that risk. Well, I, the, the problem is, Lou, that the FDA isn't um, making toothpaste or gluten safe. All the FDA is has is a bunch of paperwork that people fill out. They, you know, it's not like they're sending people around and checking every tube of toothpaste. No, but you know how many corporations hush up and they cover up instances of contamination? For example, there was that contact lens solution case with Bosch and Loam. Right, and then the FDA is involved, um, you know, was around when that occurred, right? The no, FDA what, didn't what, protect what, us. What Bosch and Loom tried to do, though, they tried to cover it up and to say nothing happened. They're willing to take the risk that a certain percentage of their customers are going to get hurt in the in, in name of profit. Yeah, and I, I believe even, they will, Lou, and I'm not saying that the Bausch & Lohm shouldn't have to pay for that. I'm saying that in a court of law, somebody would have to prove that Bausch & Lohm did such and such, and then Bausch and Loam, a jury would decide how much Bausch and Loam had to pay in order to compensate every one of those victims. And of course, as a result of that, they'd have to raise their prices on their products or cut their costs back in order to, now, uh, in order to make that money Now, you guys are back. pretty naive, because if you don't see what's been going on with companies like Enron in mm-hmm. the last few years... You, well, you actually, don't I, Lou, I owned um, shares of Enron, so I know exactly you know, what You know, Lou, you bring up one or two examples of companies that have, uh, you know... Not one or two. They I'll, I'll give the you books. Tyco. I'll give you hundreds of companies. That oh, companies, could... companies have their self-interest at heart, Lou. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that. I'm simply saying that rather than having a um, big bureaucracy that tries to protect us, I think that we should be um, compensated when harm is done and compensated heavily for so all you're damages. Willing, so you're willing, you're willing to trust the corporate thieves, but you're not willing to trust the government thieves. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't trust either of them. I'm not, though, Lou. The, the thing is, is the FDA isn't protecting us. All these things that you've mentioned occurred under the FDA's watch. They didn't stop it. Or the they SEC were, or they, whatever. They were there for the purpose of stopping it, and they failed. So, so let's I'm do saying away get rid the, of them. They're pointless. Not only did they fail, but what they succeeded in doing, Mark, was also taking a lot of money from, from companies uh, in order to get their products out on the market, like uh, pharmaceutical companies, for instance, having to pay billions of dollars and wait 10 years before their products can actually reach the market, while people who have medical conditions like cancer and, and, uh, and heart disease and that sort of thing, um, they perish in that amount of time while they can't get their hands on the drugs that they need. So it's absolutely the case that the FDA isn't protecting us as much as it is actually harming us. And as far as the uh, evil corporations are concerned, no, I you, can make you, the decision, Lou, as to who I do business with, and yeah, I'll do you, business based on who's the most honest and, and who's uh, providing the best product at the best price and, and, the most, and the most safe products. And I'll turn to independent organizations like Consumer Reports or Underwriters Laboratories, third-party organizations that certify companies and certify products for their safety and that sort of thing. I I just bought a, a fan today at Home Depot, and I checked to make sure it had the UL logo on it, and sure enough, it did. Of course, it did, because Home Depot requires that everything have a UL logo on it before they're even going to put it on their store shelves. So I trust the marketplace to keep me safe, Lou, and in fact, it's, it is the marketplace that does keep me safe for the most part, not the government. The marketplace, the, look, all I'm saying is the corporate thieves are just as bad as the government thieves. Right, but and we can we hold the corporate thieves accountable in the court system. We can't hold government thieves and accountable. And corporate thieves aren't, they're not, they're no, there's no such thing as a corporate thief as far as me buying products are concerned. Um, I voluntarily you're choose to do business to trust, with corporations. Hang on, hang on, 800-259-9231. Is there such a thing as a corporate thief? 
And does it affect me? I don't think so. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features for free. And that does include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is Shrine. .freetalklive.com, and wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that has gained world attention. That's nevergetbusted.com. Now, um, we are on the phone with Lou uh, again, and, and welcome back, Lou. Good to have you back uh, on w, uh, listening gone. on WFTL. Lou is gone. Well, we had Lou, and right before the break, Lou had accused us because we were talking about how uh, he was talking about how the FDA is protecting us and all this crap, which is just not true. The FDA doesn't protect you. The FDA just enriches itself by uh, gouging companies with uh, billion-dollar licensing fees and that sort of thing, or billion-dollar approval, multi-billion-dollar approval processes that take. A decade for them to actually get through. Of course, all that time, people that could use the drugs that they uh, that they need to help themselves get better are actually dying as a result. So people die as a result of the existence of the FDA. But sure. then Lou said, "Well, so you support the corporate thieves in, uh, instead of the government thieves." And while there may be some instances of uh, people in corporations doing dirty things with the money that they have, when it comes to me and my money and how I spend it. When I go to Walmart and buy a cartload of merchandise, I am not being stolen from. I am engaging in a market transaction with a business that I voluntarily chosen to go in and do business with. There's no thieving going on there. No, but if there, there could be fraud going on if they sell you a uh, uh, an elect, you know, a space heater, and the expectation is that space heater will heat your home rather than bursting into flames and killing um, you and your family. That might be considered fraud. And I believe that that luckily was what... Walmart sells UL certified space heaters, and UL certification pretty much prevents that from right. Happening. But that's the concern that Lou has, and it's the concern that many people have when it comes to corporations. The corporations aren't going to act nice well, because so many have not. Okay, and that's well. Okay, first of all, it's a voluntary choice. I'm sure. choosing to buy the space heater. I'm right. choosing to shop at that store, and it's all up to me as to what I want to do with my money when it comes to corporations. When it comes to the government, I don't have any choices. They just take my money, and if I don't want to give them my money, then they're going to throw me to jail, sell, or kill me. There's no choice when it comes to government. And also, I'd like to also point out that I am not a fan of corporations. As a libertarian, I want government to be as small as it possibly can be. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'd like it to go away completely. And government is what created corporations. See, businesses existed before corporations ever did. Then the government lawyers came up with these corporation ideas, which are pieces of paper sitting in a file folder somewhere in Washington, D.C., or your local state government, or wherever it is your corporation is, is registered with. That's what a corporation is. It's a, a legal fiction created right. by lawyers for the purpose of protecting the individuals who are running a business. Limited Liability Corporation, LLC. It means that the liability of the individuals running the corporation is limited. Well, a corporation, uh, a C corporation, an S corporation, LLC are different things, but 
essentially they all do the same stuff, which is protect the owners of that corporation from the same liability that they would have if they were running a sole proprietorship. Right. So and I see what you're saying, and I agree. In the absence of all these government programs and bureaucracies, there would be no more corporations. There would be businesses for sure. And certainly there would be ways for those business owners in the, in the marketplace to protect some of their assets, but they would be much more accountable if they were actually just businesses run by individuals or businesses you know, run by a board of directors or whatever. Um, let's just allow the business and the market to organize itself on its own. We don't need government protection. So you mean that uh, then the people that own the business would be liable for any damages that the business did, right? Themselves. Which means they'd be a little bit more careful. The same than they way, um, are. you know, if a sole proprietor—I don't know—the the lawnmower guy who comes to your house and runs a sole proprietorship, which it's it's likely he's not. He's probably running a corporation because everybody's incorporated these days. But let's not say me. he did. If he damaged something at your house, he would personally be responsible. But if the big lawn mowing company in town that was incorporated came, you could only sue them for as much as the corporation itself has. You couldn't hold the guy who owns the corporation responsible. Right. So I'm not in favor of corporations either. I just want to make that clear. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones to talk to Bob in Miami listening on WFTL. Hey, Bob. Bob in Great. Miami. Yes, you got an excellent program, very informative. Thank you, sir. What's and, on your uh, mind tonight? And I, and I thank you for you know free talk. It's it's, uh, it's quite important. To all thank of you. Us. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, bothers me, a few years ago uh, in uh, Florida, they took a, a survey, and it pointed out that less than 20% of the people ever, er, around the state of Florida vote on a regular basis. Okay. Does that mean like local, state, and federal elections? Right. Okay. 20%. I mean, that means 80% of the people stay home. Okay. I mean, uh, and so the... And how many of the 20% are over the age of 65 in Florida? Well, that's hard to say. That's, you know, that, that didn't go into that far. Right. But the bottom line is this. They went and took a survey, and these people, and they asked them, why don't you go out and vote? The, uh, the, the precincts in your neighborhood, uh, the precincts are open from, uh, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock at night. You know, yours, your companies allow you time off to go out and vote. They pay at the same time, so no mm -hmm. problem there. Uh, people let you off ready to go out and vote. Uh, you know, the, like I say, everything is very convenient. Usually the lineups are not that long. So and why people, not? So they asked people, why don't you go out and vote? And the answer, the, the standard answer why they didn't go out and vote was that it's re like replacing Al Capone with Bugs Malone. Another one set of crooks, another set of crooks. Absolutely. So people don't trust the system. And Who can they blame them? Well, this is exactly what the, my point is. We do not have representative form of government. You know, the, the lawyers in this country represent 0.03% of the population, yet they represent 75% of the power in, in Tallahassee, in Washington, sure. in all your states, in your cities. It's a government you know, by the lawyers for the lawyers. Right, and they put all these rules in place that keep um, normal people from running for office. They put all these laws and lawyer-type rules in place that people just don't want to deal with. You know, if, if it's campaign finance reform or whatever it is, people don't want to mess with all the paperwork that's involved for running, so right. what, do you, but, what but you, you have know, is the, the whole, people will, that are willing to, the lawyers. The, the, the reason that it's happened is we're not following the Federalist Papers. James Madison, who was a political scientist, he was not a lawyer, told us very plainly, he said, if the effective control of all three separate branches of government get under the single same hands control, then we will have tyranny and oppression, and there'll be nothing in the system to correct the problem. In other words, you couldn't go to the Nazi party and say you're killing Jews, that was their purpose. You wouldn't go to the slave owners and saying you're abusing the slaves, that was their purpose. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't go to the Ku Klux Klan you're saying you're abusing the blacks, that was, her, that was their purpose. Or would you go to our corrupt legal system and our judicial court system and say we're getting abused in the system because that's their purpose? 
the lawyers have taken over single, same-hands control of all three separate branches of government. Yep. And the system of justice in the United States is you're innocent until proven broke. You know, got <laughs> yeah, because the government can outspend you every single time. But the thing is, all we have to do, and I'm just asking people to look at this, it's called, there's a book out there, it's called The Federalist Papers in Modern Language, it's indexed for today's political issues, mm-hmm. edited by Mary E. Webster, the Webster Dictionary family, and we should put that book in all the high schools. We had a law in Tallahassee passed last year by the Silverhead legislators, making it mandatory reading for all the students to read the Federalist Papers so they'll understand separation of powers, checks and balances. Believe it or not, the trial lawyers in our Senate saw this law coming down the tubes, and they just sh- shut it down with, I mean, this is, this is pathetic. I mean, I-, I couldn't believe that they would be so interested. In, their, their whole point is keep the people dumb and stupid. That's right. Pepsi, Cola, potato chips well, that's what the government school system's all about, is to dumb down America exactly. so they don't ever ask the right questions, and, uh, and they just go along to get along, and, and it's sad, and that's what it's resulted in. But, but I must take one, uh, one issue with something you said, Bob, and that is that it's impossible to have a representative government. It is not possible to do because, I mean, right here on the phone, you've got Bob, you've got Mark sitting in the studio, and me. That's three individuals. We all have a different viewpoint. We're not going to agree 100% on everything. Um, If I'm elected to represent Mark and Bob, there's no possible way that I can accurately represent the two of you because you disagree so much. You expand that out to 100,000 people or a few thousand people in the district, and you you can understand that it's, it's impossible for a representative system of government to actually represent its constituents. It's just they, a fantasy. It's it's something that they constructed to make people think that our government was better than the rest around the world. And in the very beginning, it, it was, but it's gotten worse and worse over time, and I don't think there's any salvaging it, personally. I think just the, the lawyer should not be in public office because they took over the judicial branch I could, of government. I think that's a good idea. It's Ban good lawyers from the government, and uh, we're on the right path. Bob, thanks for the call. More coming up. Your show. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. But we do ask that if you like the show and you want to help out Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier, like over 380 of our listeners have decided to do. It costs you 3 bucks a month. Now, remember, all the features on our website are completely free. So this is above and beyond all that. It's a completely voluntary option. It's just if you if you want to help us get this show on more radio stations, uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. If that's valuable to you, if it's worth three bucks a month, then head over to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is simple. You send in three bucks a month. We take it in. We turn it around into advertising for the show. We buy ads in Talkers Magazine, which is the industry publication, so program directors around the country. They know that we're out here, and uh, they know that we're here to stay, and, and eventually they'll come on board and add Free Talk Live, and then more people will hear this show. And, of course, we're doing outreach on the Internet as well, and uh, all the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to KK in West Palm Beach, listening on WFTL. Hello, KK. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Great. What's on your mind? This was uh, Spawn. I couldn't – that guy that was – I was picturing that guy uh, – Talking about the FDA, FDA thinking that they inspect every single piece of food, whatnot, that comes in here. He's the one that's naive. 
I mean, well, uh, yeah, that's what that's what people think the FDA does is I, they've got a bunch of busy um, little bureaucrats running around in lab coats inspecting every single product <laughs> that it is that they consume. And uh, you know what? Exactly. I, I doubt they inspect one in a billion. Standard, that's all. Yep. Yeah, it's paperwork and money. It's all about the money for the FDA. That's getting their hands on billions and billions of dollars. And if you believe the FDA actually does any inspecting or any government bureaucracy that supposedly inspects actually does some sort of good job keeping you safe, just go and talk to any restaurateur. Go and talk to uh, the restaurant, whoever it is that runs your favorite restaurant, and ask them how many times a year the government restaurant inspector, health inspector, comes around. Uh, It's like once, maybe twice. Exactly. Right. There's no there's no safety coming from the government. The reason why products and services are safe is because the people in the marketplace want to keep their customers alive as long as possible. Yeah, I mean there's gonna be the they obviously don't want to kill people. I mean it was kind of kind of the sentiment that uh you were, you know, he was suggesting. Well, so. now, to, to be fair, someone could jump in and say, Well, Ian, what about the cigarette companies? Okay, certainly there are dangerous and iffy products out there, but nonetheless, you're still able to purchase them on a voluntary basis. Um, so it's your decision whether or not to put this, that smoke in your lungs. That company's not Absolutely. forcing it. The food it down. that we eat every day could arguably kill us. I mean, we, you know, we choose with these things that we put in our body. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. Did I hear them? You say something also, you, I was listening on the radio, say that you saw someone get stabbed in Keene, New Hampshire. Yes, that's right. Well, we, we didn't see it. No, well, no it, 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 happened. it happened. Or heard about it. Right. right. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually from Keene, New Hampshire originally. Oh, why'd you leave? No, I don't know. It's a good question. It's a... I spent most of my time in Central Florida and just moved to South Florida. Well, we actually years just, ago when we actually marriage. we moved about nine months ago from Florida. We were born and raised there, up here to Keene as part of the Free State Project. Which, if, are you familiar with it? Um, I heard a little bit of it on the radio, well, you know, it, but not it, not really. No, that's good to know. We're both members. It's an it's an organization of liberty loving individuals. People that like that are interested in freedom and liberty and and bringing more of it to this country are all moving to the same state, which is New Hampshire, and uh, they're sort of coalescing there because we're just we're too um, spread thin across the country. So we're all moving together to get active for for freedom and liberty, and we just happen to choose Keene. But the uh, the entire state of New Hampshire is is open to uh, to move. You're up there, live free and are dying. That's why. That's huh? right. Exactly right, man. So you move from Florida to Keene, huh? You you better believe it. Sarasota, and, Florida. And uh, and I think it was the right choice because it is it is beautiful up here. And the activists here that have already moved are just amazing, amazing people. The things that are going on here in New Hampshire uh, on the side of the liberty movement are really exciting. Um, we're really the, the guys that moved in early are sort of holding the line on liberty. They're they're keeping the state as free as they possibly can. And as soon as we get more movers here, as soon as we get more activists, we'll be able to tip the scales and actually move back towards more freedom because the uh, the mass holes that are moving in here are uh, are quite something to uh, to go up against. So. Yes, the mass holes. Those were that was quite the little demographic wars we used to have now, back now then. Now, what does one legitimately call a person from Massachusetts? A mass hole. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Mass hole's been, it's been the terminology since Christ was a Boy Scout. KK, thanks hey. for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I told you so, Mark. Oh, man, it makes me nervous. <laughs> Let's go to, it is uh, Russell in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Russell. Hi, how y'all doing? Great. Uh, Good, sir. I'm, I'm a veteran, and uh, I staunchly believe in capitalism. Great. 
Hey, even though that I haven't ever owned my own personal business, and it's getting harder these days to be able to start a business and compete with the big corporations yep. like you like Walmart, because they're not just selling personal uh, just goods anymore. Now you got banks in their stores, you got hair salons in their stores, ATM machines, you can name it, and they're like turned into a big malls what they've done well that's okay i don't mind that i mean that's you know that's what the market that we have yeah, in yeah. action and i kind of like having things all under one roof i like having things all in one place well, see well, see i have a problem with that this is where me and you differ because me i've been all over the world and i got to experience all different kinds of cultures being in the military and there's a fine line between capitalism and fascism and communism and a, a capitalist has to walk that fine line, and that's where God comes in. Actually, you're you wrong. To, you're wrong. You have um, to, let no, me finish now. Capitalism, finish? Well, but you're wrong, though. Fascism and communism are political systems, and capitalism is just essentially an economic system. Or a lack of an economic system. Right. Uh, capitalism is the free market where there is no government. Right. There is no fascism or communism or uh, socialists around to influence or to, to pass laws in regards to it. What we have today is not capitalism in America. Right. What, what we, we have, have today, today is, corporati- is corporatism. Corporatism, which allows Walmart... Um, and other large companies to put all kinds of restrictions on the little guy from opening his business so he isn't able to get into the marketplace and compete. The problem with big companies is that they have control in the government and not what they're offering us. Okay. Well, you see, I look at it a little bit differently. I believe that that, uh, capitalism, unchecked and unbridled capitalism, if you don't have God in your life to show you that there's more than money, that you will eventually become a fascist yourself. That's my own personal, <laughs> well, personal belief. Well, I don't have God in my life. I'm an atheist, and I'm not right. a fascist, and right. I'm not going and, that and, direction. And as far as, as far as you're talking about, that everybody should have a right to do what they want to do to themselves. Yes. I would to- as long totally as they agree. don't hurt anybody else. I totally agree with that, but right. only... Only a capitalist could agree with that because everybody else would try to tell you, no, you belong to the state. They would. You belong to the government. And I, honest to God, believe that every man should have a right to put anything in his body. If he wants to kill himself, go ahead. Yep, absolutely. And I believe in that, but I also believe, I also believe that if you have a good, strong moral compass and you have a right to start your own business and to become as prosperous as you want to become prosperous, but you got to look at yourself and you got to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to go, do I really need to have a store in every country in the world to be rich? Well, I really need that. Now, Walmart is a uh, publicly owned company. I can go out tomorrow and buy one share of Walmart, and I'm, you know, so it's not like it's one person getting wealthy off of Walmart. Right. Well, nobody that works for Walmart's wealthy. That's not true. Um, I'm not. I've never worked for Walmart, but I've worked for other corporations that were big super corporations like that. And I never got wealthy, and I worked my ass off. Well, I can tell you that Walmart's, <laughs> I can tell you Walmart's uh, IT department, Walmart's uh, Bentonville uh, office, those people are probably fairly, uh, fairly, fairly well paid. But just because you're well paid doesn't necessarily translate into uh, a lot of wealth. If you can't keep your wealth, 
then uh, then you've got that's your problem. That's a big problem that a lot of people right. have in America is that they get they get a paycheck and then they go out and spend the whole thing. Right. It's not what you make; it's what you save. And also, you know, Walmart, uh, the low end jobs at Walmart are certainly not where someone should stop. They should move up the chain if that's where they want to stay, or take their experience and shop it around and and move elsewhere. To think that you could actually become wealthy on a uh, you know a low paying job is a very difficult thing to uh, to accomplish. Whether it's working at Walmart or whether it's working at a low paying mom and pop job. Um, Let me tell you something. I'm 30. I'm 35 years old now. All of my grandfathers, they started out. They went went in World War One and World War Two, and they they stepped foot they stepped foot right off in Germany and killed all of the socialists and all of the everything <laughs> else there. And I'm trying to be a capitalist too, just like all of you. Great. So what you and need I, to do? I, I can't be a capitalist. I can't be a capitalist because Walmart would no, kill me if I try not, to continue. No, 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 no. You, you're placing the blame in the wrong place. It's not Walmart. It's the government. That's it's the license. It's the government that's that's getting in your way. And and thank you for the call. We'll talk a little bit more about this coming up in hour number three. How government prevents capitalism. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the live Saturday show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. Those other talk show hosts, most of them want to charge you for accessing their website, and we do it for free at freetalklive.com. Now, I said we were going to talk uh, coming up this hour a little bit more about the last call that we had had, which was sort of discussing capitalism and regulation and Walmart and big um, big companies and all that. And we'll get to that, but we've got calls who've held patiently through the news break, so they deserve to uh, to get on the air here. Let's go to the phones and talk to, it is R.B. in Miami listening on WFTL. Hey, R.B. Hey, this is kind of about regulation. I want to get your take on this. Well, after listening to you for a while, I think I know what it is. My pet peeve is this click-it-or-ticket stuff that's going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I got a ticket for this about six months ago, and now the Department of Transportation is running a real, real heavy TV and radio campaign down here. Yeah, no, they're and, nationwide. It's nationwide. Well, you know, the offensive thing about this is is the tone of the spots. They say, you will be caught. And, you know, between yeah, my liberal friends always – I complain about the Patriot Act and how we're getting our phones tapped. And, you know, I would hope that if I'm talking to a terrorist suspect in uh, Afghanistan that somebody's tapping my phone. But, damn it, I will decide for myself whether or not to fasten my seatbelt. You know, I, I I have to agree with you in 100%. I mean, you know, it's not about safety because um, if they were trying to save lives... Maybe in the aggregate you'll save you, you might save a life or two I don't know depending on the sta- the the size of the sample of people you take but the there are people that die because they were wearing their seatbelts so if the mandatory law went in place that that law kills people too right well I'm not even taking that argument I I think you're there is a safety factor lives will be saved by it but I'm telling you that when I get in my car and I see a cop car. I have such a, you know, I, I, I did some work where I worked with the police and with their community affairs officer, and I was involved with the Citizens Police Academy. And when I got this ticket, I went to the 
the cop station in the town I lived in. I said, you, you know, why are you pissing off people like me? You know, I mean, this is you, you want people like me on your side. And, well, apparently uh, the cops want to, you know, they want people to hate them, I guess. No, no the, the cops, it's the legislators who pass these silly laws. And the cops who enforce them. Well, what did they say to you, by the way? What, what do you mean? Well, when you asked them, why are they trying to uh, tick you off, what did they say? Well, that's a long story. I almost got, uh, you know, I should have stopped when I, when I was ahead. But, uh, you know, it's, it's I, what kills me is that I stood there and I watched them. Uh, it was kind of a... Uh, oh, a roadblock, you know, a roadblock, but, you know, kind of a speed trap, not a speed trap, but, you know, they were staked out at a place where they yeah. catch people. Right. And um, what killed me is these people are so docile, and they just take these tickets, and just like there's nothing to it, and that they'll scream about something else, I don't know, bush light, bush stupid, whatever they're, they're on their rant about. But well, I, you I know, just, that doesn't, I mean, try not to get too frustrated at it. I mean, everybody's, un, most people in America are unprincipled. They don't even have any idea what principles are all about. They have their their pet issues that they care about, and then other issues they don't care about. I mean, um, I try to defend freedom on every single issue every single time, and, and some people don't understand that. They they don't understand, well, Ian, you don't have a ball in this, uh, in the ring. You don't have a, you don't have any cards in this, in this game, um, but I do. It's freedom. It's liberty. Anytime anybody's freedom is threatened, um, then I'm going to, to stand up for it, because I would hope that those same people would stand up for my freedoms uh, if they well, were threatened. So, you know, you give know, them a pass. That People are just unprincipled. Well, you know, I had dinner with a liberal uh, couple of was saying, well, it's for your own good. We're trying to protect everybody, yada, yada. And so I brought up all the ridiculous arguments I hear on some of their things, and I, I, I said, well, it's a man's right to his body, you know, what he puts on his body, and and I said, you know, it's my reproductive rights. I said I might be thrown through the windshield and have a vasectomy. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred man's right to choose. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. So you know, people just aren't principled. They they're not going to. They're inevitably going to favor some government intervention on some issues, and they're going to be against government intervention on other issues. And in fact, that last caller there, RB in Miami, is a, is a fine example of that. Now, I didn't hold his feet to the flames just because we've got other calls to get to, but you know, he said that he's okay with the government monitoring his phone calls. Uh, but he doesn't well, want the government telling him what uh, to wear in his he car. He only said that he was um, okay with it if he was calling a terrorist in Afghanistan. Whatever. But the the thing is, is how does the government know if you're talking to a terrorist in Afghanistan or not? Or if right. you're just talking to uh, um, Aunt Mildred, who happens to be over in Germany? They don't know. Right. So the fact is, he's okay with government involvement in his life to some extent, or in some areas, but against it in others. And the thing is, what I would like to see happen is more Americans just becoming against government involvement in their lives at all. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, John. Hi, guys. Uh, somebody just brought up a false stereotype here in New Hampshire. Uh, it was uh, traditionally pr promoted according to information from the union leader, by big government politicians here in the state that hide behind immigrants. Hey, here's a big surprise. It happens on a state level as well. Uh, what are you referring people, to? Uh, somebody said mass holes. Mm. Uh, people have been moving to New Hampshire and escaping Massachusetts for many, many years. I did so about uh, three and a quarter years ago. Uh, one of my best friends did so about... Uh, you know, 25 or 30 years ago, and this is not uncommon. It's people who are fed up and came here, and there's other politicians, there's politicians who vote for big government, 
And they used to have a thing where, and it, it's common in legislatures all around the country and on the national level, where they do votes where it's not recorded who voted which way. Limited government people here in New Hampshire, and, and one of those groups would be the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, have been holding these politicians' feet to the fire and saying, you know, um, it's easy to uh, blame other people who are moving in. How is your vote actually going? So now they do what is called a roll call vote. I don't think they do it on everything, but the roll call vote records how each person voted on each issue. Mm -hmm. uh, when we do this, we can find out where the truth lies. Uh, so you're pointing out it's not fair to call everybody from Massachusetts a mass hole. That's what you Not mean. at all. I mean, uh, you know me. <laughs> sure. So, one what, example. so what do they call somebody from Massachusetts? I've asked this question. Nobody seems to give me an answer but that. An immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, by no the way, the fellow that was just on before me talking about the checkpoints, um, you guys probably have uh, gone to the forum and seen if you want to talk about activism and what goes on from the mass holes and other immigrants. Uh, I didn't happen to be available for this one, but the checkpoints, the sobriety, so-called sobriety checkpoints, right. where they're really trying to shake people down for anything they can find them on. Seatbelts is, the, I guess, the big issue sure. uh, with that national campaign, which we don't have in, in this state, but they do sobriety checkpoints, which is a false thing. It's just an excuse to stop people. But you've probably seen on NH3.com, there were activists out this weekend, and they're probably out tonight, holding signs ahead of where the police are. Really? Warning folks, there's a checkpoint ahead. Checkpoint to me sounds like, doesn't that sound like what's going on in Iraq? Well, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like that. It sounds a little Nazi-esque. It sounds what, a little totalitarian. I certainly whatever don't. happened to this country? Well, it's we're going, going to reclaim. We're going to reclaim this here in New Hampshire. And people that are listening, uh, some of you don't know about the Free State Project. One of the fellows that called, he said he he had heard something. Mm -hmm. Find out about it. Go to nhfree.com. That's where the activists are hanging out. Right. Or freestateproject.org, which is kind of a, the umbrella organization. You know, they really find out are... what's going on and get your butt up here, man. If you believe in freedom. Quit talking about it. Come on up and do something. Man, that's and motivational. There's no specific thing you have to do. Come up and do whatever you're comfortable with. Exactly right. Hang around for a little while before you get comfortable. You're going to meet people that it's going to be, you're going to leave family and friends behind. There'll be people unloading your truck when you move here if you request it. Yeah, there's just a set of people here, a set of great activists, and John, thank you for the call, great one. Thank you, uh, good set, night. A set of great activists here, like John and the people that he mentioned who are out holding signs at these checkpoints. Um, these are your these are your friends in waiting. I mean, they're here in New Hampshire, they're of a same, the same mindset as you, they want freedom, they want liberty, and they're willing to work for it. And who wouldn't want to be friends with people like when that? When we moved here, we must have had ten people unloading our, helping us to unload our truck for yeah, us. Yeah, and that's only because we gave them short notice. We probably had more. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come, we'll talk about uh, capitalism, regulation, Walmart, and why it's not Walmart that you should be blaming for your business troubles, but instead the government. This is your show. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both of them waiting for you for free online at freetalklive.com. 
com. We've been talking about the Free State Project on the show tonight, and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest. It's happening in June, the 18th through the 24th at Porkfest. You'll be able to tour New Hampshire on fresh, uh, special Free State Project bus tours or on your own and socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, people like myself and Mark. We're going to be there uh, broadcasting live on Saturday night. That's, I believe, the 23rd. And, of course, we'll be hanging out. Uh, I'm staying till through till Sunday. I don't know when you're leaving, yeah. Mark, but be hanging out all weekend there at Porkfest. And uh, great activists like John that you just heard from in New Hampshire. I'm sure he'll be in attendance as well. All kinds of interesting characters and people to uh, to, to pal around with and meet and, and travel with and tour the state and lots of neat things going on. It's Shooting a good ch- contests. It's a good chance to see New Hampshire, meet a lot of the uh, people that have moved here for the Free State Project, interested in uh, freedom for New Hampshire. And... Um, you know, have a good time. Exactly right. So if you want to learn more, go to porkfest.com and get registered. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. By the way, I want to welcome our second new affiliate of the night. It is WKMQ 1060 in Tupelo, Mississippi. So uh, welcome. Wait, Missouri. Yeah, Mississippi. <laughs> That's where Tupelo is. Were you getting confused with Topeka, Kansas? I don't know. But uh, I uh, welcome aboard to uh, all of our listeners in Mississippi uh, on WKMQ. You're going to be getting at least an hour of the show every Saturday night. And from what I hear, there may be a chance we might be expanding that soon because we do a three-hour show on Saturday night. So hopefully we'll get you as many of them as we can. Uh, but you're going to notice that Free Talk Live is a little bit different from those other talk shows. 800-259-9231 as we go to the phones. Ladies come first on Free Talk Live. So let's go to Ellen on the amplifier line in New York. Hey, Ellen. Hi, I'm so thrilled to talk to you guys. I listen to you all the time. Great. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, I just uh, returned from doing uh, an OPH on the Commons in Ithaca. Now, OPH stands for Operation Politically Homeless. That is correct. This is my third year as the coordinator for this event. Great. And we have such a wonderful time. If people aren't doing it, I can't imagine why. You connect with so many people. What is, for the listeners that are completely uninitiated, which are probably 99% of them, what is Operation Politically Homeless, Ellen? Okay, it's just a short 10-question quiz, and all it does is try to get people to see where they might be on the political spectrum. There's not really a Republican or Democrat. It's it's where you believe uh, with your your freedom, either economic or personal freedom. And, of course, in my town, there's a lot of people that believe in personal freedom, but they don't really believe in economic freedom. In fact, they don't know the difference between uh, corporatism and capitalism. They get it really conflabbed. Understandable. And so you were actually at uh, Ithaca Ithaca College, was it? Uh, Ithaca, New York. Right. Oh, so you weren't doing it on the college campus? No, I'm doing it on the commons. Oh, okay. It's a good commons. And we have a lot of people. We're looking for other people that are freedom-minded. And this year we've kind of focused on uh, promoting free talk live and advocates for self-government and and getting them, if they are liberty-minded, trying to find a place for them to listen to People that are also freedom-minded. Great. And I am looking forward to meeting you guys. We've already registered for Porkfest, and we're going. Very cool. In fact, I'm also uh, joined the Free State Project. Congratulations. When did you do that? About a year ago. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So when is your target date for uh, for moving to New Hampshire? Next year. Oh, so you're a first 1,000 then. 
Well, I didn't actually join that because I couldn't promise it. I see. I've lived in Ithaca since 1954, and it's just going to take me a little longer probably to leave. Well, there are a lot of people, I think, that that weren't able to sign the first 1,000 pledge that might just make it within the uh, the first 1,000 time frame. For those that don't know, the first 1,000 are going to be the first 1,000 activists that move into New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. People like Ellen and myself and Mark, we've already moved. Ellen's coming here within the next couple of years. Uh, uh, my son and uh, his significant other signed up for the... First 1,000. Awesome. That's fantastic. And by the way, how did your Operation Politically Homeless go? What was the percentage of respondents that turned out to be libertarian? Uh, quite a few. Of course, the first first respondent was the Ithaca police. <laughs> they liked to take the quiz. Sometimes it's hard to get the police to take the quiz. because No, they, they actually love to do it. Mm-hmm. It's really strange. You should ask but, everyone because people like to know about themselves. Do you find? Uh, well, do you she find that she had no clue as to where she fell, and of course, her score was twenty zero. <laughs> yeah, She's I authoritarian. find right. I find that the cops, when you get them to take the quiz, the world's smallest political quiz, that they either score hardcore authoritarian or they score hardcore libertarian. There's, Lots of libertarians I, in the in the I police departments. Think, I've given out thousands of quizzes. Not to cops, but just thousands in general. And of the cops that have responded, I don't think I've ever seen a cop um, turn out to be a centrist or uh, or a liberal or a conservative. Don't think I've ever seen it. I I have seen some centrists, but they're mostly uh, status. Uh, we have uh, we have a lot of liberals, of course. Sure. But but so many of them are left leaning liberal, uh, libertarian leaning mm-hmm. liberal. Liberals, so. That's because a lot of people really do value freedom, and they just don't know that there's there's actually a movement out there that also does. And, and from what I've seen in my experiences doing Operation Politically Homeless, it doesn't matter what event I'm at. I could be at a gun show where a good significant portion, I mean, where it's very rare to find someone who's a self-described liberal, or I could be at a gay and lesbian pride fest, which is sort of the opposite of the spectrum. Uh, not that, not to say that gay and lesbians don't own guns, there certainly are plenty that do, but just generally the, the crowd that's at that sort of an event. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It could be a, a specific interest event, or it could be a general uh, interest event like a county fair. I, it seems like there are usually about 35 to 40 percent of the respondents who will score as libertarian on the world's smallest political quiz, and it's it's just amazing. Yeah, well, I usually have about half and half. About half of my people are libertarian, and the other half are liberals in my area. Yep. Very, very few in any other spectrum. Ellen, hey, keep up the good work, and thank you for the call. We look forward to seeing you at Porkfest. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. By the way, uh, Operation Politically Homeless isn't the quiz itself. It's Operation Politically Homeless is where you utilize the world's smallest political quiz, which is a it's a quick 10-question quiz that once you answer the questions, you can determine where you're at as far as, as she mentioned, the political spectrum. But Operation Politically Homeless is where you take that quiz out to the public at an event like a like a gun show or like a you know just going out to the commons and setting up a table anywhere where there are people around you set up a table and you you administer this quiz to people and then you give them their score and you give them a little something to take home with them or or maybe sell them a brochure or something like that and then you have a huge uh, a large diamond chart where you can chart each person's uh, re- results that they got on the quiz. So at the end of the day, you can take a look at that chart and and literally count up the uh, the dots on the chart and say, okay, well, you know, this percentage were conservatives and this percentage were uh, authoritarians or statists. 
and it's it's really a neat little uh, little outreach event because it's a great way to get the the message of liberty into the hands of the average American citizen who normally doesn't encounter it. And a lot of people are shocked and surprised that they actually are libertarians and they didn't even know it. And you'll come across a lot of people that don't even know what libertarian means, no. but, but yet they are libertarians. And so it really can be an eye-opener for people. And if you want to learn more about that, you should go to theadvocates.org because they're the creators of the Operation Politically Homeless. More on the way about regulation and the government. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. That includes the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. You go to wiki.freetalklive.com to check it out and change it. You can edit it just like anyone else can. wiki.freetalklive.com. Opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats. These people want your money, home, and car. What have you done to protect yourself? At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. It's not just for wealthy people. They'll show you how to keep your assets at KeepYourAssets.net. All right, so we uh, last hour we got into a conversation that I don't think we really quite expounded on enough, and I, I want to revisit some of the concepts. Uh, one of our callers was was basically suggesting that it's Walmart's fault that he can't go and open his own business. Or large corporations in general. Um, right. you know, but he was singling out Walmart because they're the diffi- biggest. It's too difficult for um, small business people to compete in the arena um, against large businesses uh, is sort of the contention. And that much is true. It is difficult for small businesses to compete against the bigger businesses. Uh, and the reason for that isn't because those businesses are so big they're hard to compete against. In fact, that's not the case. In many cases, as businesses get bigger, they become more and more bureaucratic and therefore actually a little bit easier to compete against, at least in some ways. While Walmart may be able to have the buying power that a small mom-and-pop business can't get, it doesn't have the ability to provide service in the way that a mom-and-pop no. business can. And there are other ways that a mom-and-pop can customize itself um, that Walmart just can't do. It's you know, Walmart's a big corporation. They have to do things a certain way. Um, each store can't really be very much different from every other store, and so there are certain restrictions that come with the territory of of being a big a big company. But the real issue is the government and the regulations that it creates, and the regulations that in many cases the big businesses are asking for. Right. You it, might. It been, it, believe it or not, the regulations help the big businesses because they're already up and running, and um, you know they have all these uh, you know these regulations. That they aren't going to harm them as much. Exactly. Um, and it can be any sort of regulation, from the minimum wage to environmental regulations. What happens is the industry, the existing businesses, mostly big businesses, but but even in localities, even with local regulations, um, small mom and pop businesses can do the same thing. They get together and they form, um, they they basically they lobby government 
for new regulations that you would say to yourself, well, why would they want these regulations placed upon them? It's just going to make their business uh, costs go up. It's mm-hmm. just going to be more difficult for them to do business. Well, they can handle it. They've got teams of lawyers that can easily uh, util- that can easily implement whatever new rules and regs are, are, are imposed upon them. But they know that the new guy on the block probably doesn't have those uh, teams of lawyers, that he, probably, he doesn't have enough experience. He doesn't have uh, as much... Uh, time at doing the business that that they do and uh, he won't be able to um, if he doesn't have enough money he won't be able to jump through all the hoops the government puts uh, puts up for him and so by passing all of these regulations they actually insulate themselves in the business that they're in they make it obscenely difficult for new players to get into the market like for instance in the oil business very heavily regulated very difficult to get into i don't think you can build a new refinery not in america America, no so it's totally protectionist and the same thing with power plants you can't build nuclear power plants in america either completely protectionist for the existing businesses these existing businesses want to rest on their laurels they don't want to have to compete they don't want competition in the game and so they use the government they use the power of the state to keep the competition out but it's not just walmart as i said it's also local small businesses small business when uh, businessmen don't want competition either and so they get together and they form regulatory boards or advisory boards that come up with new laws and new uh, rules and regs. Well, don't forget the zoning rules that uh, prevent people from opening businesses in their homes where the overhead significantly lower, or zoning rules that prevent uh, buildings being a combination of uh, commercial and residential so that people can live above their businesses like they've done hun- for hundreds of years in America. Even even the big businesses can fall victim to this uh, protectionist game. Even Walmart, for instance, uh, they've been looking recently into getting into the banking business. Now, you've seen banks in Walmarts before, perhaps, but they're never Walmart banks. They're usually some uh, outlet of your local community bank or something like that. But they're never Walmart brand banks. They don't exist. Walmart would like that. They would like to have their own banks. But guess what? The existing banks in America rally together to prevent Walmart from getting into the banking business. Now, that's not very fair, is it? It's never fair whenever anybody passes regulations preventing people from from doing something. But yet Walmart here is becoming the victim. So what happens is the companies sort of take turns becoming victim and victimizer. And they basically they utilize this tool, this government, this violent tool um, for their benefit if they possibly can. Inevitably, though, this violent tool gets turned around against them and is used against them. So it's sort of this cycle of violence we, we discussed earlier, uh, whether it's uh, an uncle hitting his, uh, his kids or a father hitting his kids and them hitting their kids down the line and so on. It, it works the same way when it comes to government and, and the rules and, and regulations right. they place on industry. One, one company gets a rule created for their industry, and then their competitor manages to get a rule passed uh, that will somehow regulate the first company. Now, it's now the back and the, forth. You use the term violence, and a lot of people won't understand this. But a rule is forcing someone to do something, otherwise they'll be reprised against by the government. Right. It's the same as, um, you know, it's, it's not violence if, the bully, if you let the bully just shove your head in the toilet. But if you try to fight against him, that's when the violence starts. That's when he's going to punch you in the stomach and knee you in the groin or whatever he's got to do. Well, I would argue your... that it's still violent to force someone's head underwater. Whenever force is being utilized, it's, it's violence. Well, he's not forcing. and he's, If you're letting him, he's not forcing. He's just pushing your head in the toilet. Okay. I think that's force. But, but nonetheless, I, I understand your point. 800 259 So So please, don't blame Walmart. 
if you have a tough time going and opening your own business in this in this country, it's not Walmart's fault. It's the government. They're the ones that created the rules. They're the ones that created the inspections. They're the ones that created the bureaucracies that made all the hoops that you have to jump through, pay all the bribes to, because that's what they are, the licensing fees. Fees is just a nice word for bribe. That's all that stuff is. Right. It's, it's grafting corruption on a uh, very official level. And by the way, uh, capitalism can only exist in the absence of government regulation. Mm-hmm. If there are government regulations on any given industry, it is not a free market. It right. is not there by, de- uh, by definition, not capitalism. It is some sort of regulated marketplace, uh, some form of corporatism. Uh, that Fascism is, or mercantilism or yeah, some, something like it's that. It's never capitalism unless the government is out of the picture. So I just want to make that clear. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up anything. Let's talk to Tom in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tom. Hi, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Good. I, a few things, actually. I mean, the Walmart thing that you just, you've been talking about. I mean, I'd just like to say about the government regulations. Places like Walmart, insurance companies, banks, they have their own lawyers. The lawyers uh, draft legislation. They submit the legislation to Congress, and those uh, uh, anti-American pro-congressmen uh, vote uh, vote to have this uh, legislation that was written by these companies that want it. They 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 enact it, mm-hmm. and so you know as we all know, this government's not working for us. And and it brings me to the point that I really want, called about, and that's about Ron Paul. We mm-hmm. have one chance left, I believe, in this country, and I think most people who listen to Genesis Communications understand this. We have one chance left, and that's Ron Paul. If we don't get off our duffs and work for this man, and that means two, three, four hours a week, just two, three, four hours a week trying to do something for him, whether it's making flyers, whether it's calling radio stations, to get the word out how great this Ron Paul is. Here's a man that won't even accept his pension for for Congress that he's entitled to. Awesome. He refuses. I'm sorry? I said awesome. That's that's Yeah, he's, he's just a... I mean, he's an incredible human being. If you read about his history, people that couldn't afford to see him when he was a physician, he'd give the work away for free. Or he'd tell them, well, pay me what you can. Amazing. He's an amazing man. We definitely support him here on Free Talk Live. And thank you for the call, 1-800-259-9231. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition and just enough time for your call. If you make it now at 800-259-9231, it is a show about your call, so you can bring up anything. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. We give them away, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some Free Talk Live merchandise at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com and take a look at all of our neat products. We've got a lot of them that are brand new. They're in the pre-order phase. You can get your hands on the exclusive Free Talk Live multi-gadget. I say exclusive because we're only going to have 100 of these manufactured. And I know we've sold over 50% of them at this point. So get yourself on that uh, train because I'm grabbing two of them for myself, one for me, one for my girlfriend, um, because it's less than 60 bucks. It's a 2-gigabyte MP3 player. It is also a voice recorder. It is also a flash drive. It is also an FM tuner. And there are a few other features that they managed to pack in there. Um, there's that. There's our new clothing, like uh, the Free Talk Live hoodies. I know you're going to get uh, the zippered style. I, I do like a good zippered hoodie. I'm going to be getting the pullover hoodie. 
there's also so there's two different styles of hoodies. There's also the Free Marketeer T-shirt. There's the Free Talk Alive Ladies Tee, as well as the Free Talk Alive bottle opener lighter combination. That and more. Oh, the Free Talk Alive beanie, the brand new one. All of those and our older items, all right now. Buy them at store.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. To the phones, to the fun. It's Brian in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I just wanted to talk about free markets. One of the things that, you know, you look at the... Uh, Regulation locally, and I say locally, within uh, states and municipalities and mm-hmm. within the United States. But I think the greatest threat to our free markets actually resides outside our country. And when you look at countries like China and Japan, we don't have free trade, and we have huge deficits with these countries. And on the micro level, you're, it seems you're more affected on a day-to-day basis by you know your choice of being able to go to Walmart or to the local store or what have you. But in the big picture, you look at the trade deficits we have with China. China doesn't even want to come to the table and talk about it. And our, I don't know how our country has slipped to the point where we have no leverage anymore, it seems, at the bargaining table. And, you know, the, the bigger picture happening is that we're losing footing every day to other countries. And, you know, like I, the, I, and then. What, what you're talking about is sort of this um, common concept that we, the United States, the red, white, and blue team, are um, at war or in competition with other um, countries, you know, the Chinese, the red team, or, or whatever you pick as the teams that we're going against. But if there's commerce being done in the United States by big businesses and, and they're making lots of money, what does it do for me? Well, the, the you know, the prices for goods right now are very low. Right, because and, it sounds because Chinese um, uh, imports are coming in. And they are, and that's, uh, there's that's a lot going on. In, it is good for us. The, the, there's a lot going on with currency, and one of the dangers right now, if you want to look at it as a danger, is China is sitting on about a trillion dollars in currency. Yes. That they're just holding out of the market. And... You know no. how we could we could stop that immediately. We could go ahead and change our monetary system over to a metal-backed currency system, and then that would solve that problem immediately. The way it used to be. They couldn't they couldn't sink our currency because currently our currency is backed by um you know is it, it, they're threatening to make our currency worth exactly what it is nothing, and. Well, yeah, you know, that's when that's how the uh, government has screwed the American people up to this point, and I don't trust that same government to go to the table with China to bargain for my best interest. And you look at that, I mean, the, the war of the 21st century might not be a military one. It could be an economic one, and it could have more, a greater devastating reach than the, the most horrific nuclear war. Right, because, because our politicians already screwed us. Like, the Chinese could screw us because our politicians already did. Right. And there's only one um, presidential candidate out there that proposes to return, to get rid of the Federal Reserve and return us to a monetary, uh, uh, metal-backed, 
uh, monetary system, and that's Ron Paul. That's true. And by the way, there's not going to be an economic war. The war's already over. It's 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 done. The the government won uh, back in nineteen nineteen thirteen was it? Nineteen thirteen. They created well, the Federal Reserve. There's been there's been quite a few different uh, losses in those battles along the way. But, but go the, ahead. the big loss was when the government took the uh, took the metal backing away from the currency. There's no more war to be had. It's the game is over at this point, and the only way to uh, to win or to find to perhaps get back on track is to get the government out of the currency business. I mean, Mark's proposal is okay, and that is to have the government put metals uh, back behind the currency. But the, the but the money system in America won't truly be safe until it's in the hands of the marketplace and not the government. And as far as other countries are concerned, in the products and the services that they're offering, they you know you should be able to trade with whatever country you want to. If you want to buy products from another country as a business person in America, that should be your your prerogative and your choice. And if you want to do business in America instead, that should be your choice, and we should let the market decide. The government shouldn't have any say in who's doing what business with other countries around the world. Do you agree? Uh, to the point, uh, up to the point of giving away military secrets, I was really upset when I found out that during the Clinton presidency there were military secrets going to China. And what what is that all about? Well, there's been and, military secrets go to all kinds of different countries throughout the different regimes, um, you know, the different presidencies we've had. And we'll find out later that George Bush sold us down the river to some other backwater country. Yeah, it could, it could maybe happen. Hey, it's happened with every other president. If we didn't have a military that was so huge, then we wouldn't have as many military secrets to sell. That's true. We're, we're in a good position. Thanks for Guys, the call. Guys, i got to run it. Appreciate Thank it. 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll free line here. Quick to, I guess, just enough time. Well, I for... just wanted to make, I wanted to make before you go yeah. on to something. I wanted to make a point about this uh, metal-backed currency. You know the dangers that China presents as far as well. They own a bunch of our money and they could uh, short sell it or long sell it or whatever and make our currency worth less in the uh, international it's market not the real and, issue. and and those kind of things. Well, the problem is is um and and that people don't even look at is <clears throat> starting in 1913 when the Federal Reserve was created and uh, you know fractional reserve lending was uh, put into play the American people have been screwed by the government all along. You know, the loss of value, a dollar is is currently worth about ninety um, about three percent of what it was in 1913. It's lost 97 percent of its value, and um, that's why your house keeps going up but, in value. But a dollar in 1912 was backed by an ounce of gold. Now. An ounce of gold will probably buy about the same amount of loaves of bread and about the same amount of eggs, about the same amount of staples, you know, all the things that you wanted as it did in 1913. Gold hasn't lost its value, but our currency has. And that loss in value that we're talking about, well, it's because of inflation. Inflation meaning they print more money and put it um, into circulation. So um, when they print more money, they spend it at the current value of what a dollar is. That's what the government does. They spend it at its current value. And then they, you know, they flood the market with dollars, and it makes all the dollars out there worth a little less. And right, that's so how we've lost all that value. And that's how the government has had this hidden artificial tax on the American people that they don't even know about. Nope. They've stolen 97% of our wealth. You know, I hope Ron Paul uh, is able to really get into detail in some of his interviews and and uh, and his appearances on television in regards to the Federal Reserve and help wake some Americans up to this. Because you're right, Mark. Inflation is the most insidious of all taxes. It is. At least with the property taxes, at least with income taxes, you've got some sort of paperwork that shows you what's going on. You, you have some idea exactly how much money 
you're losing. But with inflation, there's no way to calculate it, especially with the Federal Reserve no longer reporting some of the numbers that they used to report, like the M3 numbers. There's there's no real way to determine that when the government turns on that, those printing presses, as they do all the time to fund whatever programs they've come up with, when the government turns on those printing presses, there's no way to calculate how much value the money in your wallet just lost. But the fact is, it has been losing value every year year after year. And that's why, um, because the because of inflation, you're seeing prices skyrocket all over the place. Gasoline, more expensive than ever. Housing, mm-hmm. more expensive than ever. ever. A pack of gum, more expensive than ever. I Milk. wonder why it is um, that all these prices have shot up about the same time that we've been fighting uh, foreign wars um, since 9-11. I'll bet it's because they're printing a bunch of money in order to pay for all this stuff that they they're doing. They have to. And they're flooding the market with these worthless greenbacks that are out there, and therefore making the ones that we have worth less. And the real property we have, like houses, that's real mm-hmm. property, they go up in value. And, uh, you know, it causes, right. and, and gasoline is a real property, too. It goes up in value and cost. If, you're, if you've got something like a house that has gone up in value, of course, now mine has dropped back down, but if you, you, your house has gone up in value, you actually haven't gotten any extra value out of the house. It's just gone up in the number that it's worth, right. the number it's like of a dollars. Stock, it's like a stock splitting. You know, they, they can call it, um, you know, a company worth 300 shares of stock or 600 shares of stock. It's just cutting the value in half. Same thing with the Dow Jones. The 13,000 today isn't the same as what it would have been back in, you know, 1930 or no. whatever. 800. Oh, wait, we're done. It's been Ian here with you. What am I talking about? Landmark. It is uh, was the live Saturday show. We'll be back Monday night for the live Memorial edition, uh, Memorial Day edition. But you won't be here, Mark. It'll be me and Gardner Goldsmith. We'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 